Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the one and only podcast known to the world as Sean Sports Hub, where I, yours truly, uh, Sean Toplitsky, I report all the biggest news stories in sports and give my unique perspective, my unique opinion on all of them. Um, yeah, and um, I also cover the news results and future matchups of the LA sports teams, and I just want to say every episode of this podcast is available on, on every podcast platform, which includes iTunes and Spotify, and also, if you would like to help keep me uh, doing episodes daily, please donate whatever money you can, uh, but I totally understand if you don't, because, you know, we all have to, we all have to have money to, you know, to live, so money is extremely important, but anyway, uh, just keep that in mind that uh, I'm going to use your money only to make this podcast better, so just keep that in mind when you're making a decision. And, um, yeah, that's about it on today's episode. Mostly, uh, NBA stories, lots of NBA. The Heisman Trophy winner has been announced. And there was the Army and Navy football game. Manchester City's unbeaten run in the Premier League is over. Will J.R. Smith find a new home in the NBA? Um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s status on tomorrow's uh, game versus the Washington Redskins. And that's actually the first story that I'm going to cover. It has to do with the NFL, obviously. The New York Giants, Odell Beckham, and the Washington Redskins. So... Uh, New York Giants receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has been ruled out of Sunday's game against the Washington Redskins due to a bruised quadriceps the team announced on Saturday. Per New York's official website, he did not make the trip to the nation's capital with the team. Beckham was listed on the injury report as limited as a limited participant in Friday's practice. It's just the latest injury for the New York star. He was limited to only four games last season after fracturing his ankle in October. The former first-round pick has played in 16 games only once through his first four seasons as he has played in every uh regular season game and postseason game in 2016. Beckham was fully recovered and good to go when week one arrived. He has 77 catches for 1,052 yards and six touchdowns in 2018. Quote, like I said, it's not a down year. My numbers are still my numbers. Beckham pointed out in late November per ESPN.com was Jordan Randon. I guess that is where my mindset is different than everybody else. I expect way higher of myself. When healthy, there's little doubt that the 26-year-old is among the best wide receivers in the NFL. He and Eli Manning have formed one of the best connections in the league. The 5'11", 198-pound receiver recorded at least 90 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns in each of his first three seasons in the NFL. He also set the record for the fewest games uh, it took to reach 300 career receptions and tied the mark for the quickest to 4,000 receiving yards. That historic start to his career helped him land a five-year, $95 million contract extension this past offseason. It hasn't been... Uh, it hasn't been um, the smoothest of seasons for Beckham and the Giants, even with their record-setting extension taken care of. The star wideout caused a stir when he told ESPN's Justine Anderson that his team lagged hard during a 1-3 start and that it was a, quote, tough question as to whether he was unhappy in the Big Apple. Keep in mind, this was only four games into his new extension. That's pretty crazy. Um, and it certainly didn't help matters that he also questioned the teams and Eli Manning's inability to throw the ball down the field. This season has weight on Beckham. He said, quote, you can go home with 300 yards in a game. Uh... With an L, it's not going to feel good, Beckham told Randon. So it's really all about winning, and I just feel like I could have had a better year so far, but this is where I'm at. You just have to deal with that. Keep pushing to keep getting better day by day. Work at your craft. This That is all I can really do. With Beckham with Beckham out, the Giants were at 4-8 and eight after 12 games. We'll have an even tougher time winning games. The offense will be without one of their top playmakers. I think their best playmaker. You know, Saquon Barkley also, but Odell is, their focal, is the focal point of their offense, even with Saquon. So, big loss for the Giants, but their season's already over, so it doesn't really matter. Switching gears now to the NBA. 
So Cleveland Cavaliers shooting guard J.R. Smith, who hasn't played for the team since November 19th, almost a month, has been the subject of recent trade rumors. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer reported on a Friday that the Houston Rockets and New Orleans Pelicans have interest in the 14-year NBA veteran. The 33-year-old Smith has averaged 6.7 points on 34.2% shooting in 20 minutes a game this season. The Rockets and Pelicans reported interest in Smith makes sense for three reasons. So first, these are my three reasons. This is why I think it makes sense for, bo- for both teams. So first, they each need to do something to avoid missing the playoffs. Both teams have losing records and are, and are outside the top eight teams in the West after you know coming into the season with very high expectations. The Rockets are 2-6 and six in their last eight and only scored 91 points in their two most recent games. The Pelicans are reeling, are reeling after a 4-0 start and have significant road issues with just three wins out of their last 13 games, so pretty horrible. So the second reason is NBA.com lists Houston's and New Orleans' reserves as last and third to last, respectively, in bench scoring. Utah Jazz reserve forward Derek Favors just recently scored as many points, uh, 12, in the first half of his team's 118-91 win on Thursday as the Rockets' bench did combined. The Pelicans' bench uh, was outscored 53-11 to in a 107-103 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. Third, uh, last but not least, Smith can still get hot from uh, downtown as evidence, um, you know, when he hit five three-pointers in a 113-112 overtime win over the Toronto Raptors in last year's playoffs. And although Smith's nights of dropping 15 points per game are likely behind him, he's still one of the better scoring options on either on either team's bench. Um, it's a great option, in my opinion, and I think um, I think he would help the Rockets and the Pelicans, who are both struggling and both need to find something to kind of spark their offense and get them to start winning games. So, switching gears to the NFL, slash college football, I guess you could say. So, West Virginia Mountaineers quarterback Will Greyer announced Saturday that he was going to skip the 2018 Camping World Bowl against the Syracuse Orange on December 28th to focus on the 2019 NFL Draft. WVU head coach Dana uh, Holgerson said he's, quote, fully supportive of Greer's decision. Quote, while we will miss him in Orlando, Will's commitment and service to WVU football over the last three years will be taken, uh, will be talked about for many years to come. Holgerson said he led us with class, hard work, and a willingness to learn and set a high standard for his teammates. Greer, who's a senior, um, he started the last two seasons for the Mountaineers after arriving as a transfer from, from the Florida Gators. He said in a statement that wearing the West Virginia uniform was a, quote, honor. Quote, while we did not win every time we took the field and I shoulder that responsibility, I can assure you that we tried. After discussions with um, Gene and my family, and after receiving professional input, I've decided not to participate in our upcoming bowl game and focus on preparing myself and my family for what I hope is the next step in our journey. I want to thank Holgerson, Coach Jake Spavidal, and all our coaches for believing me, and most importantly to my teammates, who are now lifelong friends, who taught me the true meaning of team. Greer Valley uh, vaulted himself excuse me, into the Heisman Trophy conversation with a terrific 2018 season. He completed 67% of his uh, passes for 3,864 yards with 37 touchdowns and only 8 interceptions. He also added three rushing scores, but wasn't named among the Heisman finalists. Now the 23-year-old um, North Carolina native is tasked with proving that he should be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Bleacher reports Matt Miller rated Greer as the number 30 overall player and the third-best quarterback in the 2019 draft class on his latest big board. He had the Oregon Ducks as Justin Herbert and Duke Blue Devils as Daniel Jones as the two QBs ahead of him on um, you saw on the list. I'm surprised that... Um, um, Dwayne Haskins is not on the list. Maybe he's not. He might not be declared. He might have not declared for the draft, or he wants to stay at Ohio State. Who knows? So a strong showing during the draft process would likely give him a chance to land inside the draft top ten, given the importance of the quarterback position in the modern NFL. Meanwhile, West Virginia will now be without at least two key players for its battle with Syracuse, along with Greer starting left tackle 
uh, Yadnik Kahust, and on Friday he's also skipping the bowl game to begin his preparations for the draft. So that's that. And switching gears to European soccer, Chelsea they have ended Manchester City's unbeaten run. Goals from Angola Conte and David Luiz saw Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-0 at Stamford Bridge on Saturday to help and Pep Guardiola side their first Premier League defeat of the season. The visitors dominated the first half but could not find a way past could not find a way past goalkeeper Kepa Arizabalaga. City were made to pay just before halftime when Conte opened the scoring. Eden Hazard managed to find the Frenchman in the penalty area and he smashed the ball into the top corner to give Chelsea the lead. Manchester City struggled to create chances in the second half. And Chelsea made the game safe with 12 minutes of normal time remaining uh, to score the goal. And David Luiz. So a huge win for Chelsea. And it uh, looks like Manchester City, they're human after all. The last two seasons, they've been out of this world. They've been amazing. As much as I hate to say it as a Manchester United fan, but they just have been. Switching gears back to the NBA. Uh so Milwaukee Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo said he's not interested in working out with fellow NBA players despite offers to do so in the offseason, um, you know, alongside the likes of LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. On Friday, Eric Nem of The Athletic provided comments from the MVP candidate about why he's rejected um, those high-profile invitations in recent years. He said, quote, I can't work out with you in the summer and then play you in a few months, Antetokounmpo said. It feels weird. It doesn't feel right with me like other players. It's cool for other players, but I don't. I don't want to. Other guys do it. The 24-year-old Greece native added he's not a fan of the overly friendly culture that's developed among the NBA's elite players in the modern era. Quote, I hate it, I hate it when Antetokounmpo said while doing a mock pose for a picture. I hate that. I don't want opponents to see me uh, to be a I don't want opponents to see me to be a buddy buddy with me. His old school mindset is matched by an aggressive on-court play style. So far he's, this season, he's averaging 26.8 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals, and just over a block a game. While shooting 57.7% from the field through 23 games this season, he, he also ranks third in the NBA in player efficiency rating, according to ESPN.com. And his scoring average is sixth in the, in the league, and he does it without the benefit of a reliable three-point shot. He only averages 0.3 uh, threes per contest. Uh, he doesn't have any interest in showing other players his key success, though, saying, quote, I feel like with LeBron and KD, KD did that, KD did that to LeBron. Onto the Kumbo told the Athletics about their prior workouts together, take a lot of his thoughts and use it against him, and that's what I don't want guys doing to me. Pretty interesting that he opens up about this, and I agree. I mean, I, they're competitors. It's yes, it's a brotherhood. All the players are very close and very friendly, but you know they're still going up against each other, so I don't think they should be overly friendly in the workouts and things like that. I agree with Giannis on this one. So switching gears. To uh, college football, Army, or I guess this isn't college, but it's, I mean, it, it is college football, but it's Army and Navy. So the Army Knights defeated the Navy midship, midshipmen 17 to 10 to capture the Commander-in-Chief's trophy at Philadelphia's Lincoln Financial Field in the 119th Army-Navy game Saturday. Army has won three straight contests against Navy after the midshipmen won the previous 14 in a row. Overall, uh, since the beginning of their matchups, Navy holds a 60-52-7 lead in the all-time series. Uh, the Army Knights improved to 10-2, marking the first time in program history that they've won double-digit games for two seasons in a row. Meanwhile, Navy fell to 3-10, which is their worst record since they went 2-10 in 2002. As expected, the running game ruled the day as Army rushed for 222 yards as a team led by quarterback Kelvin Hopkins Jr., who rushed for 64 yards and two touchdowns while completing four of nine passes and for 61 yards. 
The Army defense is also dominated by holding the midshipmen to only 208 total yards and 11 first downs. They also forced four turnovers as well. And there weren't many fireworks to speak of throughout Saturday's game, but there, there was no shortage of uh, pageantry during the pregame festivities. President Donald Trump was present, and he tweeted about how honored he was to be involved. Uh, Trump was also the honorary coin tosser prior to the kickoff, so uh, lots of festivities there. Now switching gears uh, back to the NBA. George Hill has been traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers and um, played only 56 games in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform, but his time with the team featured one of the most infamous sequences in NBA history, and that's something that has that stayed with him even as he leaves town. So on Friday, the Cavs traded George Hill to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team deal that um, in a three-team deal that included 2016 NBA champion Matthew Della Vadova returning to Cleveland. As he said goodbye to the Cavs, Hill extended an apology via the Athletics Joe Varden for missing a potential game-winning free throw against the Golden State Warriors at the end of Game 1 of the 2018 NBA Finals, saying, quote, Sorry I couldn't get it done when I was here for the Finals missing that free throw, but it's nothing but love. you got to give the organization a thank you. you got to give my teammates a huge thank you for welcoming me with open arms. Since I first got here, giving me a chance to play in the NBA Finals, that's something I've never dreamed of. So for me, I'm kind of bittersweet. You don't want to leave a place that you create relationships with your teammates and people in the organization, front office, and things like that. But it's a business. Get another opportunity to take my talents and my game down to Milwaukee and try to help them win games as best I can, as best as I can. Hill was acquired by Cleveland prior to the trade deadline in February. Little did anyone know at the time the veteran would wind up being involved in one of the franchise's most devastating moments. So the situation was with the Cavs down uh, by one point with 4.7 seconds remaining in Game One. George Hill stepped to the line with a chance to come through in the clutch for his team. He sank the first attempt to tie the game, but with a chance to give his team a one-point lead in the final seconds, he couldn't convert, and that led to the whole J.R. Smith debacle that we all know. Cleveland would go on to lose 124-114 to in overtime despite a 51-point performance point performance by LeBron James. Golden State went on to sweep the series 4-0 to win their third title in four seasons against the Cavs. It was later revealed that LeBron James suffered a hand injury as the result of him punching a whiteboard after the Game 1, after the game one meltdown. Now, fair or not, George Hill's time in Cleveland will always be remembered by that by that missed free throw, not because of his miss necessarily, necessarily, but because of what followed with J.R. Smith. Hill was not the one who mistakenly ran out the clock in a tying game, nor was he the reason the Cavaliers lost in the finals. The Warriors, who were, uh, who were led by Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, they're one of the greatest teams of all time. Draymond Green, or uh, excuse me, had George Hill made the free throw, it's possible Golden State would have hit a last-second shot for the win, but even if Cleveland had won game one, there's no telling how... Um, Competitive the rest of the series would have been, could have still probably been uh, the Warriors in five. This is not the first time uh, this season that Hill has addressed that situation. Last month, he revealed to the Athletics' Jason Lloyd that his unfortunate miss, quote, bothered him all offseason, saying, quote, you're a little depressed at first because as a player, as a competitor, you put the blame on yourself a little bit. All summer, it kind of bothered me. If I hit that free throw, would it have been a different series or would it just have been a 4-1? It's getting a win instead of getting skunked. But if it's 4-1, then it really doesn't matter about one effing game. But who knows? I hit that. The pressure's on them now. Maybe it's a different series. Hill now moves on to his sixth team. The 32-year-old guard averaged 10.8 points and 2.8 assists in 13 games for the Cavs this season. So switching gears to another NBA story, Luka Doncic. Man, I think he should be the rookie of the year. I think it's pretty clear. So Luka Doncic bolstered his Rookie of the Year resume in a big way on Saturday night. Fresh off a clutch 21-point outing versus the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday, Doncic produced a matching 21-point effort that was capped off by a personal 11-0 run in the fourth quarter as it carried the Dallas Mavericks to a 107-104 win over the Houston Rockets at American Airlines Center. That dazzling spurt was punctuated by a step-back three over Rockets center Clint Capella with just under 58 seconds left in the game. Quote, 
It was special in Mavericks head coach Rick Carlisle said, according to ESPN.com, Tim McMahon, it's pretty clear that he's, that he's got a flair for the moment. He's on. He's unafraid. You don't see that every day. The shot mirrored the step back dagger Doncic hit on Tuesday when he willed the Mavericks to a 111 to 102 win over the Blazers. Doncic, who's only 19 years old, is now averaging a team high 18.2 points, six and a half rebounds, 4.1 assists, and just over a steal a game while shooting 43.6% from the field and 38.4 from three. According to Basketball Reference, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Alvin Adams, and Grant Hill are the only other rookies in NBA history to who have averaged at least 18 points, six rebounds, four. Um, four assists, and a steal. So Doncic is in elite company. Now switching gears to another NBA story. The Chicago Bulls are horrible this season, and um, today didn't help their cause. So the Chicago Bulls uh, made a coaching change this week, but it apparently d- didn't solve um, many of their uh, woes. On Saturday, the Bulls fell to the Boston Celtics 133-77 to at United Center as they suffered their worst loss in franchise history. Prior to that thumping, the Bulls' worst loss was a 53-point defeat to the Minnesota Timberwolves in November 2001. According to ESPN Stats and Info, the Celtics' margin of victory had the largest in league history on the road. As a team, the Bulls shot 38.3% from the field and 6 of 24, 25% from three. As just three of their players, Shaquille Harrison had 20, Zach Levine had 11, and Cameron Payne had 10, finished in double figures. Quote, that's not the standard of our program. Head coach Jim Boylan said for the team's official Twitter account, I thought we were a step slow on everything mentally and physically. In fact, the Bulls were so lackluster they were booed off the floor by their own fans. Quote, I'm disappointed, Boylan added. I'm not discouraged, but I'm dis- I'm disappointed. The Celtics, meanwhile, shot a very good 53.8% from the floor and 51.2% from three, thanks to the contributions of seven scorers in double figures. Jalen Brown, who's not coming off the bench, led the crew, uh, led the bench uh, crew with 23 points on 8 of 11 shooting. The Celtics will now aim for their sixth straight win after a pretty co- uh, slow start to the season on Monday versus the New Orleans Pelicans, while the Bulls will look to hope We'll, look, we'll hope to avoid a second straight loss on Monday against the Sacramento Kings. So now switching gears to the last uh, notable news story of this episode. Who won the Heisman? It was Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is your 2018 Heisman Award winner. I think uh, they got it right. I called it. I said Kyler Murray should win over to Tagovailoa, and he did. So for the second straight year, an Oklahoma quarterback won the Heisman Trophy after Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray beat out Alabama's Tua Tagovailoa and Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins for the award. Per Sports Illustrated's Andy Staples, Murray won the Heisman with 517 first-place votes and 2,167 total points. Tagovailoa was the runner-up with 299 first-place votes and 1,871 points, followed by Haskins and his 783 points. On top of Saturday's win, Murray could become the third player in history to take home college football's top honor and play in a Major League Baseball game. There was a long period during the 2018 season when it seemed as though Tugovailoa had the Heisman under lock and key. From week two until championship Saturday, Odd Shark had the Crimson Tide sophomore sensation as the betting favorites for college football's uh, most prestigious award. Tugovailoa's only major stumbling um, came against Georgia in, in the SEC championship game. He went only 10 of 25 for 164 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions before an ankle injury forced him out of action in the fourth quarter. Murray's final impression, though, on... Um, was powerful on the voters as he went 25 of 34 with 379 yards and three touchdowns in the Big 12 championship game win over Texas. He also avenged his team's earlier loss to the Texas Longhorns on October 6th. Prochark, the 21 year old, uh, jumped to Gavailoa to become the Heisman favorite with minus 190 odds, which means you have to bet $190 to win 100. NFL.com's Gil Brent also laid out some of Murray's numbers from the season that painted an incredible um, 
picture. So he ended the season with the highest QBR at 96, second highest completion percentage at 70.9, second most touchdowns at 40, and third most passing yards, 4,053 among FBS quarterbacks. Oklahoma also has produced seven Heisman winners since the awards um, creation in 1935, which is tied with Notre Dame and Ohio State for the most all-time. Additionally, Oklahoma is the first school since Ohio State in 1974-75 with back-to-back Heisman winners. Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush accomplished the feat in 2004-05 for USC, but Bush was forced to vacate his award due to NCAA sanctions imposed on the school for violations rel- uh, relating to his recruitment. Even though Murray won the award battle against Tugavailoa, the quarterbacks will meet on December 29th in the Orange Bowl for the right to play in the College Football Championship game versus the winner of Ohio or versus the winner of uh, Clemson versus Notre Dame, and I couldn't be more excited. So uh, that's all we have for the notable news section. Now we're going to be transitioning to the LA sports. Uh, starting with the Los Angeles Lakers, who played in the second uh, night of a back-to-back today. The Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies by a score of 111 to 88. They destroyed them. So the Lakers are now 16 and 10, while the Grizzlies are 15 and 10. Lakers improved. They're now fifth in the Western Conference. And their next game, uh, they have an off day on Sunday. They play Monday, December 10th at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time against the Miami Heat at home. And that game is going to be on. Um, actually, let me take a look at the stats. That game is going to be on NBA TV. But let me look at the stats for the Lakers players today. So Kyle Kuzma had 20 points and 6 assists, 9 rebounds. LeBron James had 20 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. Javon McGee had a double-double with 10 points and 10 rebounds. Josh Hart had 16 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds. Lonzo Ball was non-existent, 4 points, 2 assists. So, uh, Sviatoslav Mihaljuk had 11 points and 3 rebounds. Pretty good for a, a bench guy, a role player. Uh, Tyson Chandler, man, he had 4 points, 14 rebounds. Kentavious Caldwell-Puff had 16 points. Lance Stevens had 9 points. Isaac Bonga had 1 point, 1 assist, and 2 rebounds. So there you have it. Uh, the LA Clippers, they played today and they got destroyed at home uh, versus the Miami Heat, 121-98. The Clippers fall to 16-9, while the Heat improved to 11-14. The Clippers fall to fourth in the Western Conference, so only one slot, spot ahead of the Lakers. Uh, the Clippers uh, resume play Monday. Or let me take a look at the stats first. I keep uh, forgetting that part. So Tobias Harris had 20 points, one assist, six rebounds. Uh, Danilo, Danilo Gallinari had 12 points, three assists, 10 rebounds, double-double. Um, Boban Marjanovic had eight points, four rebounds. Avery Bradley had seven points for four rebounds. Shea Gilgis Alexander had eight points, two assists, three rebounds. Montrez Harrell had 10 points, one assist, nine rebounds. Lou Williams had 18 points, five assists, uh, three rebounds. Patrick Beverly had nine, three, and seven. Mike Scott had uh, six points, two rebounds. So uh, those are your Clippers stats. The Clippers play Monday, December 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time against the Phoenix Suns on the road as they look to get back in the win column. The LA Rams, they play tomorrow night. Um, Week uh, 13 versus the Chicago Bears at 5.20 p.m. on NBC. Uh, the Rams are at 11-1. The Bears are at 8-4. The Rams lead the NFC West. They clinch the NFC West uh, while the Bears lead the NFC North. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, the LA Chargers were also they're 9-3 on the season. Only one game behind the first-place Kansas City Chiefs now in the AFC West. They play the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow at 1.05 p.m. Pacific time at home on CBS. Uh, the LA Kings, uh, they played today, and they got back in the win column, beating the Vegas Golden Knights at home 5-1, to destroying them. The Kings are now 11-18-1 on the season, while the Vegas Golden Knights are still third in the Pacific Division, while the Kings are eighth, are now 16-14-1. The Kings resume play on Monday, uh, December 10th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, against the Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena on the road. That game is going to be on NHL Network, and um, there you have it, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, to close out this episode of Sean's Sports Stop, the Anaheim Ducks uh, did not play today. They're now actually third in the Pacific Division. They play tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern against the New Jersey Devils at home. And um, 
that's all we have for episode number 193 and uh, i'll see you guys in episode number 194 which will be recorded and published on sunday december uh, 9 2018 and i'll see you guys then take it easy